Why, happy Wednesday, everyone. This is another episode of Out of Grief Comes Art, um, the podcast from Grief Dialogues. I am Hallie Williams, and I'm with our co-host, Elizabeth Copeland. And here today we have Emma Goldman Sherman, and she is a playwright, poet, and coach. We're super excited to have her here, uh, as we're always excited to have our guests. But um, Emma is just a little spunky. So I'm excited (laughs) to break this down with you. Before we get too much further, I want to take a second to appreciate one of our sponsors, Be Present Care. I'm going to go ahead. It's what again? Be Present Care. Be be Present Care. Sorry. I talk fast, guys. (laughs) Let's make sure my volume is up to... This episode is sponsored in part by Be Present Care an organization that provides guidance, support, and conversation for transitions, caregiving, and end-of-life planning. Visit www.bepresentcare.com to learn more. Thank you, Be Present Care, for being one of our sponsors. Shout out to Stephanie at Be Present Care. She is such a little gem um, and great person to connect with. All right, so Emma, hi. Hi. Thanks for having or thanks for having us. Thanks for being on our podcast. Yes. And I want to personally thank you, Emma. Uh, Emma has been with Grief Dialogues, has been one of our supporters for a number of years now, since the very yeah. beginning, and is actually uh, in our first book, Grief Dialogues, the book. There are three short plays in there, and Emma's play, uh, Super Death, I believe is the title, is, is in that book. Um, we are actually completely sold out of the book. Uh, the, the printer has reprinted it a number of times. And uh, <laughs> we, however, have decided rather than keep printing the old book, which is still great, but we are about to launch into publishing a, a second volume, uh, and we're going to have a call of submission soon. So hopefully, Emma, you will consider adding another piece to, to our book. But, uh, but Emma, personally, you know, I'll kind of humor aside, I am just so honored to have you here. I'm a big uh, uh, admirer of your artistic talents, your, your dramas, your theater, just everything about your coaching. Um, we belong to this playwright binge email exchange, which I think has about a thousand people on it. But I always look forward to when I, I see something's coming from you because I know it's going to be like really solid resource information. So thank you for that. So Emma, I'm going to turn you over into the very capable interview hands of Hallie. So take it away, Hallie. Hi, Emma. <laughs> Hi. Thank you both so much for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you. I really appreciate you being here. So um, Elizabeth, you just gave an excellent intro on Emma. So now I'm like, well, what do I say about it? <laughs> you have quite a bit. I have quite a bit to say and quite a bit to ask. Um, I guess the best thing I can do, I would, Emma, how about you tell us a little bit, um, well, yeah, okay, here, I'll do this. I'm going to tell you guys who Emma is um, in her official bio and, you know, kind of give you a breakdown and then I will let her share her own story. Um, so just real quick, Emma Goldman plays have been produced on four continents, published by Next Stage Press, Brooklyn Publishers, Smith and & Cross, and others. Their poetry is published on forthcoming in American, oh, this word, American, help me out. Athenaeum? Oh, yeah. I would have totally butchered that. Um, 
Obron, non-binary review, chaotic merge, and others. And they run www.bravespace.online to support women and non-binary writers of all genres and offer classes and individual coaching. Okay, so right now, go ahead to your phone. Unless you're driving, don't you dare. Don't touch that phone if you're driving. But if you are hanging out on the couch or whatever, go grab um, your phone and head over to bravespace.online. And then you can you can browse while we talk and you will see all the really cool stuff that she offers and that we are about to get into. But OK, Emma, go ahead and share with us a little bit about your grief story and how that has led you to where you are today in the art that you create. OK, so my grief story is really about complex grief because mm. if you live through if you spend your life as a child being abused, and when you lose your parents, and I lost my mother early when I was 19, and then my father at 34, mm. it, you can't just like go on Facebook and be like, oh, my beautiful mom, oh, my loving father. Like, yeah. it's, it's very different. It's, it's hard, right? So it's not like grief that is, is simple. It's complex because mm-hmm. if you have a close relationship, in spite of all that abuse, then there's just a lot to work through. And to do that, I had to be writing. I just had to, that was my coping mechanism. You needed an outlet. You needed something. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, there's rage involved. It's not just like, oh, I'm upset that this person that I love died. It's, I hated this person. I'm relieved. I'm you know, glad I'm kicking them to the curb for the first like 10 years of my grieving, you know, like it goes on and on and you can't really get a handle on it because it's so dark. And I was also Mm. involved in euthanizing both of them. So when you're 19 and you're asked to sign on your mother's death, yeah, uh, you know, this creates enormous conflict in a person. And so I've had to really find resources and ways to process grief that many people fortunately don't have to have. Right. But I did, and, and there are so many of us out there who have difficult grief and they we don't know what to do. There isn't a culture around it. There's not a lot of support. Totally. So I write, and like one of the things that I wrote is a memoir that is a play, and we're in the in the trenches right now, raising funds to produce it this fall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have an Indiegogo site and I'm fundraising actively right now for a play called Fucked, which is spelled F-U-K-T. Okay. And and it's, it's really about the internal struggle to heal from very significant abuse. And, but it's a comedy. Mm Mm-hmm. And is enormously entertaining with a striptease and music and there's all kinds of crazy stuff going oh, on because yeah. you know, you're we're we're totally breaking the fourth wall. We're working with the audience as if it's right there with us because it is. Right. Um, all the years of screens have really kept people at a distance. So in the live show, we really work with the audience very mercifully, and it will also be streamed so that people will have access no matter what because I think that's really important. Yeah. So, so yeah, so my grief story was like horrible and terrible and icky. 
icky and uh, and ugly, really, really mm-hmm. ugly. And we're supposed to like keep it in. And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm no, I so, I so appreciate it. That's why I said when we when we got on, I was like, she's a little spunky because you are. And I appreciate it because you show real life. All the work that I have ever seen come from you that Elizabeth forwards to me or that I browse and subscribe to. I'm like, she is so real. Like mm. you show this side of of life that I think like, well, I'm I'm guilty of this. I always try to act like I have it all together or, you know, I don't hurry up and clean up the house so like things have to be perfect you know <laughs> and um and and i think that like life isn't actually like that you know and i will just applaud you for embracing that and being like oh yeah this this stuff stinks so yeah but we can embrace it too yeah you know like we can embrace being imperfect because being perfect can be really toxic <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes 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 absolutely no just saying is right um elizabeth and i were talking about this program on the podcast so i was like i she was actually giving me mom advice because just as a mother there's so many moving pieces right that i always am trying to be perfect or in my mind and she's like just let it go honey it's never gonna be right but i'm like purposefully trying to be imperfect yes to be more and more comfortable with my own imperfections because that helps me that frees me it does so if i like and i started small i started with like my shoes didn't match my belt didn't match my bag yeah i would go out of the house like with one thing wrong feeling like okay this isn't good on purpose oh Oh, love it and that helped that helped a lot. It freed me. Oh, I'm going to start doing wow, that. That is really, that, you know, that's powerful because it is our whole message, especially as women. Our oh, whole message yeah. is we have to look right. We have to think right. You know, if something, if our kids grow up and they're, they're not good people, it's the mother's fault, right? Or if they are good people, but they've got some hangups or whatever, they love to blame the mother for it, et cetera. Yeah. So, wow, that is powerful. I wrote that one down. Purposely imperfect. Okay, imperfect. so this is love a it. great segue. We're going to jump all over, but this is a great segue to introduce Brave Space um, mm-hmm. because I think that how, as you are like, I am doing it on purpose, right? Brave Space is all about that. So go ahead and tell our listeners about Brave Space. So all my life, I've been trying to get people to tell their stories because I figured out very, very early on that if there is an oppressor in your life, Hmm. the first thing the oppressor does is ask you for your silence. That's the first thing, right? Before anybody can do anything to you, they have to take your voice from you. Right? They say, you're going to be quiet about this, and then this happens, and anything can happen if we agree to be silent. Mm. So I knew this from my earliest self. Right. And I knew that it was my job to get people to tell their stories, like myself included, but really that's, that's been the most important thing to me, to the point where I have a friend who her mother used to make her dictate in a diary what happened every day when she was very little. So we know that when I was really little, I was making her tell stories and she didn't want to. And she was complaining in her diary as a very small child that this was all I was trying to do. So, Oh my. (laughs) 
we rediscovered this diary, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I have to be doing. So I, I made Brave Space after I wrote Fucked because I was like, well, imagine there wasn't a pandemic. Imagine Fucked exploded all over the world and everybody was like, wow, Fucked is great. What would I do? Yeah. You know, after that. And so I said to myself, well, I would help other people be able to tell their truth because fucked is like deep memoir, truth telling stuff. Yeah. And, and to be able to do that alone was really, really hard. I said, I really don't want people to have to do that, but I really want to get their work into the world. I want to hear their voices. I want to empower people. I want people to feel better by telling their story, whether it's in their journal or, you know, in a major motion picture, screenplay, whatever. Like, I want to do that. So I started Brave Space actually in 2019, before the pandemic, always as an online Zoom model. And I taught people how to use Zoom in the beginning. I love that. Um, because I, I didn't want to limit myself to renting space, doing it in person. I wanted it to be able to be as big as it needed to be. So mm-hmm. it's a come as you are. People, people write from their bed. People come in any, like, way they can. Um, to show up on Zoom, um, and it's a pay-what-you-can model. I don't turn anyone away for lack of funds. It's all groups of females or non-binary people getting together to write with, and not just to write. Some people come and make art. Okay, so that was going to be my question. You know, they turn on their Zoom, and they're doing whatever art they're doing, and, uh, and they're there with the group, and we have... You know, the ability to do chat support during the quiet creating period of time. Mm-hmm. There are little like cheerleading things that come through the chat mm-hmm. uh, for everyone while we're working. And then afterwards, we have a discussion about process. Mm-hmm. And then separate from that, there is sharing, there are salons, there are things like that to, you know, exercise getting your voice into the world or showing your work. But mostly it's about the process of creation and how that happens. And so it's it's like a very curated hour and a half where people come, there's an embodiment exercise so people can yeah. be present. There are just a whole bunch of different ways that I'm gonna help no matter what that person is dealing with. And you know, it's usually a small group and then yeah. we have a really pointed discussion afterwards. And then I send an exit email so they can see all the things that they said that they learned so that it's there for them for next time. I right? love so, this. So they can have it and go, oh, I did that. And mm-hmm. that worked for me this time. So so it's, it's, it's very, you know, specific about what it is. It's not just like show up and write. It's, it's okay. your character because the whole thing. That was one of my questions. That's actually supposed to be my wrap up question, but we're going to ask it now. You know, we ask our guests, what advice do you give to somebody who doesn't know where to start? And, you know, with whatever the art is that the guest specializes in. But my question for you is, okay, so if somebody is going through grief, not even through grief, right? Like they don't have to be going through grief to attendees, right? But but okay so but say someone's like okay I just I really don't know what my art thing is I don't even think of myself as a writer poet artsy person you kind of answer this you're like you can do anything but do you Mm -hmm. have suggestions like I mean if they were like okay I'm just gonna log on and see what happens you know like what what 
people come and they're beginners or they have a different art practice. Like I have actors who are now writing. Okay. And, uh, and I try to help them because any approach to any art really uses all the lenses mm. that art uses, right? So mm. we're looking at scale, we're looking at color, we're looking at texture, we're looking at all different things that could be visual art, that could mm. be from from any kind of, of work, writing poetry or writing novels or whatever it is. Right. So I'm always providing prompts that help people to move into whatever kind of practice they want to build. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, I'll do private coaching with people or I'll talk to them via chat during the writing process to, to help them understand where to go, what to do next okay. and how to dip in and out of a flow situation. Okay. And um, do you have an example of one of your prompts? What might Ooh. you ask people or tell people or, um, well, there's always a warm up um, cool. that says just write free write for five minutes mm -hmm. about a certain topic, and it it's it will talk about that. But then there's usually also like a reminder about sensory experience because the way that we connect to each other via art is through our senses. Mm. And I actually believe there are more than five. So even though I'm reminding people to you know. Sh share in your art what what the audience would see or hear or taste or touch or smell there's also you know if you're if you're creating characters they're like what's what's the kinesthetic sense of being in oh. this body where pain right where's the hunger what mm. are those sensory elements that we don't think of as the five senses but that affect us all the time like intuition or yeah. the sense of feeling like we're being watched you know there mm -hmm. there are many more senses mm -hmm. Than the empirical method would. Yeah, and I've found in you know my recent grief that that sometimes when I can feel myself spiraling a little, like I can tell mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting off the rails, right? Something about grounding myself with sensory things is very helpful. Sometimes I just have to like right. be still and be like, this is my body. Let's touch our nose, like back to you know, right? Like yes and one of the most popular you know grounding exercises is to name five things you can see and four things you can smell or you know yeah. you can hear and three things you can smell and two things you can taste and something you can touch and that will bring us back to embodiment and grounding yeah wow wow oh i love i love that idea the the, the five four three two one yeah. it really does five, make three, two, you one just do the senses go through the senses come back to yourself uh -huh. you know like there there are so many things now that we know from neuroscience that <laughs> so are effective so in grounding us and that's just something i really love to research so i'm always looking at ways to help to mm -hmm. help with that because you know so a, like a writer once chatted to me like i have to do the scene with the dead baby now. Yes. How can I do that? And I said, okay, so we're going to break it down into very small segments. I'm going to time it. I'm going to virtual your hand. And yeah. right now, I'm just going to do the first three minutes. You know? And so, like, they'll do that and I'll interrupt. I'll be like, that's three minutes. How do you feel? Can you feel your feet on the ground? Wow. You know? I need you. Oh. Are you holding your breath? You know, so you really get an experience. Even though there's a lot of people in the Zoom, I'm just chatting with you. And I'm there. Mm -hmm. So 
So it's it's a very supported environment. I love this. this and you're talking about embodiment. Can you um, go in a little more detail there? Yeah, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? So if we've lived through trauma, um, a really common strategy is to leave because especially if we were a child during trauma, you don't want to be there. <laughs> so, yeah. so we have yeah. these defense mechanisms mm-hmm. that teach us that we can dissociate. We can go away. And we don't have to be there. We don't have to live through the pain or the trauma. And our brain is wired to do that. It's also wired to blame ourselves, but that's another thing. Um, Yeah, right. It wants to keep us connected to our caregiver no matter what they do to us. (sighs) So that's where that self-blame comes in. And so I do work with a lot of people in terms of forgiveness not of the perpetrator who abused them or tra- traumatized them, but of the self. Yeah. Because it's yeah. an automatic thing. But wait a minute, we were talking about um, <clears throat> the other the other part. Oh, dissociation. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, um, just fine. So with dissociation, we go away, and if we're if we're creating art, which is a perfect response in a way to grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, because grief, especially with death and mourning, you know the the inverse of that, the answer to that is creative response, right? To create, mm-hmm. to bring life to it, right? Oh, to honor yeah. it with, with a life idea, life giving idea. So making art is a is a perfect response to having a grief pain, mm-hmm. and if. Part of that is so difficult that we are used to just leaving and checking out, which means maybe there's some numbness happening. Maybe you're not breathing anymore. You've held your breath and you're, or you're breathing very shallowly or you're not fully here. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I start a Brave Space session, mm-hmm. I will bring everybody here. Like, okay, we're going to leave everything else behind. We're going to take a few deep breaths. We're yeah. going to arrive in this space yeah. so that we're so that we notice our feet and our legs and our thighs and our pelvis and we're breathing into our fullness mm-hmm. so that anything could move through us because I think it's really important if you're making any kind of art whether it's language based or anything that that we're open to the universe because that's like if we're just functioning off the surface of our ideas then we're never surprising ourselves. We're not getting deep enough. Wow. You know, and there's so much more that we could access if we're fully embodied. Mm. Wow. Okay. So I have so many thoughts on this <laughs> and we do not have time for all of my thoughts and I probably should just book a session with you. Okay. So <laughs> my next question is, um, please tell us about, I was looking through your website and I was like, hmm, tell us about this ass class. Ass like A S S like oh. like rear yeah. end like, or or a donkey too. a donkey. Mm. Yeah. So ass class stands for artistic statement seminar. Yes, I just didn't want to say it because it's not as fun to say it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is. It's ass class because when 
you want to apply for a grant where you have to create a website and say, you know, yeah. this is me and this is my art and this is why I do what I do, we start to feel like asses, right? We, yes. We're like, ah, I can't do that. I can't. I can't. That's too much. Like, it brings up all kinds of issues. And yes. <laughs> so I said, I said, you know what? It's so important to have an artistic statement, even if you're just starting, because it helps you focus on who you are, what you want to, to make, mm -hmm. and how you can be more intentional. Okay, so you guys, did you know, listeners, did you guys know that you were signing up to listen to my therapy session today? <laughs> this, this sounds like... <laughs> But this, this but is a cool class. This is cool. Are, I mean, uh, as a writer, um, I've mm. written artistic statements, um, starting off with, with, with bios. And a little side note, I was asked to write a piece recently, actually, for the Dramatist Guild, which, which I did. And then as I was sending it, I thought, oh, they wanted a, a bio. And yeah. I looked at my 50-word bio and realized it was out of date. And then I think it took me literally, I'm not joking, three times longer to update my bio than it did to actually write the piece. Wow. Um, and because who the heck am I, right? So right. this yeah. is what you're, you're helping people do with the ask class. So what is like the first question you ask people to think about when they're doing oh, yeah, this? Yeah, I need to take notes. Uh, it doesn't really work that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. Okay, well, that's probably why it hasn't worked for us. That's probably okay. why it took me three times as long. Okay. <laughs> She's like, uh, no. <laughs> uh, so it it's really, like, there are a lot of myths about what it is to be an artist. Mm. And especially, I mean, I think most of those myths are like Marlboro men, you know, putting the ream in the, in the, in oh the. Oh, my gosh typewriter and just typing forever yeah. Yeah. like Walt Whitman or something like right. these are not the reality mm. of how most things get done and so often that we're 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 given so much doubt right we're just full Seriously. of doubt mm -hmm. if you're putting something out in the world like doubt is gonna haunt you mm -hmm. so you know, here I am, I want to help people be able to tell their stories and make art. And people are picking out because of what I'm asking. It's a lot to say no, really deeper than that. No, go deeper than that. Um, I can see why you freak out. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to offer this artistic statement class as a way to really let people understand just how powerful and important they are, mm. right? Which is a really hard thing to own, especially for females, non-binary people. This is not what we're trained to be doing. Right? That's right, yeah. So in order to firm ourselves up, really, so that when the work is like, oh, this is terrible, I can't, you know, that our artistic statement isn't just for the public, for the grant, for the whatever we're going for, but it's also so that we can be more intentional about finding our own wheelhouse, knowing what we should be working on for ourselves. Oh my goodness. I, so I lead, it's a three hour seminar. There's homework to do before you get there. And we look at examples and we identify what we want for ourselves because each person wants a different kind of thing. It's very individual, but we do it as a group. There's about 30 minutes of writing total but you do it in short bursts and those are all grounded and, 
and like I access the, the polyvagal system neuroscientifically so that people really are grounded. They're in a ventral vagal state. They are ready to tend and befriend themselves. I love this. They, they are relaxed. It, the group is very private. Like I don't record these classes and people really find out who they are and they're able to put that onto the page. And that's so important. Yeah. And then they combine, there's three preliminary writing exercises and then there's a crafting time where they, they combine it all. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's sure that theirs is terrible. Mm -hmm. But everybody <laughs> hears everybody else's. And they go, oh my God, that's brilliant. And I'm like, but they thought it was terrible. Right? They didn't right. want to share it. And that's what everybody thinks. And you will be surprised. Like, it's a very surprising process. Wow. So. Interesting. Okay, so yeah. how often do you hold these classes? <laughs> Whenever I have a, enough, you know, a group of people, you know. So I have okay. a waiting list and I try mm -hmm. to offer it periodically. The next one will be in late August. Okay, I'm signing up. Because, <laughs> well, she has a waiting list. So I know, that's why I'm fine. signing up. <laughs> yeah, I'll put, you, I'll put you on the list and then Yay. that's fine. Uh, great. So if somebody, because we probably, well, we'll make sure we bump this up in the queue to, for sure. Oh, uh, but if somebody does want to take the class, we will have your email, right? Or how do they sign up for it? Do yeah. we go to your website or? We can go to bravespace.online. Okay. And Email is right there. I'm very easily reached. Mm -hmm. So yeah. anybody can find me online. Anybody. Great. And is this, I mean, obviously us, us writers love this stuff, but um, if, can it be any form of art? Because obviously an artistic yeah. statement. So, so someone just starting out, this is a great place to start. Sounds yeah, like. it is. It is because you really identify who you are, where you come from, who your ancestors are. This, there's like a whole history process that really gives you something to stand on. Oof, I am excited. Even, even if you're just starting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, so this seems like, with so much love, a lot of work. Are you, besides running this, and this, which is amazing, do you also have other things going on? Because I know that you have residencies at Millay and Ragdale, right? And twice at WordBridge. Are you still, do you still actively have those res residencies? Um, well, they were artist residencies. Okay. So oh, got it. Got it. I, okay. Yeah. They, they're, I, I'm not like in residence at these places. Got um, it. I, I did work at WordBridge as a dramaturg after I went as a playwright twice. So I went three times and, um, yeah, it's, and I've been a dramaturg at Great Plains Theater Conference, you know, yeah. places like that. And so I do dramaturgy, but I do, and I do a lot of coaching and classes. Like I'm also offering an inner critic class these days. Oh. Because once you start to really write your truth, guess who shows up? Mm-hmm. Your inner, inner critic. critic. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I work with people to change their relationship with their inner critic because you can't, you can't banish the inner critic. No. That would 
be a good idea. So, cause it's part of your ego structure. So, so I, you know, try to help people have a better relationship with their inner critic. So if someone's like, Oh, I wish I could go to brave space, but there's this voice in my head that keeps telling me I better not. Right. And then every time I, Boulders, so I crash my car or, you know, the universe is creating all kinds of resistance. Ah, yes. Which is a huge thing, right? Resistance. So then I work with people privately or in classes about how to develop a better relationship with their inner critic. And so I'm doing that. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of from your from your work and just your stance that navigating grief and navigating it doesn't even have to be grief, but anything that's kind of sticky really starts with the self and mm-hmm. so i mean yeah and you have to be brave to, to kind of mm-hmm. handle yourself right yeah i i really want to hear the voices that this culture doesn't let us hear yes and to do that i've got to help people figure out how to get past all the crap that we've been thrown, you know, saying, oh, you mm. shouldn't do that. You should be not, you know, a fly on the wall. We shouldn't be heard. We shouldn't be pushing. We shouldn't, you know, and we should, right. we have to be. Right. And there's like a lot of healing that has to happen. That's going to come from being able to make art, to write art, to, you know, do the things that need to happen. Right. And if we're afraid, then, that means we really need to. We really need to do it even more. Right. So I I want to be here to help because I could have really used some help in creating the stuff that I created. <laughs> well, thank well, goodness. That, that leads um, to the, the question was, did you create this? Is it one of those, um, the old adage, you know, if you need a resource and you can't find it, you create it, right? It's so, yes, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Out of yeah. grief comes art. Out of grief comes art. Wow. Or out of grief comes brave space. Yes. Which I love. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. This is really solid. You guys, I told you she is really cool. Take all these fantastic <laughs> notes from you uh, and learn more every day. Thank you so much. Uh, so you have, I know you have uh, some shows coming up. Are there things that people can see, watch, um, anything you want to announce in addition, of course, to brave space? Well, Fucked will happen October 27th through November 13th of 2022 in New York City Mm -hmm. and hopefully also streaming. And we're hoping to move that and stream it bigger and get it into a larger space after that. So, you know, we're working on it and we definitely need support at Indiegogo and uh, yeah, and Brave Space. Um, Yeah, I mean, I have a projects i have a you guys can't see her but she's just shrugging she's like yeah yeah." (laughs) (laughs) so much you know like i'm in the middle of developing a musical with experimental bitch presents and i'm also i'm also doing a podcast at empty room radio out of la about um (laughs) two bible stories that happen to be rapist culture bible stories about a woman who is not allowed to speak in court so wow yes i know we talked a little bit about that show that you're doing and definitely want to hear we've got to have you back to talk about that show in particular um and again what are the dates on fuck october October 27th through the 13th of november november 13th okay we will definitely have a big plug on that one too and we'll link to your Indiegogo site. Elizabeth just wrote down like six things she's doing. You, <laughs> yeah, well, you are just. And we'll put the Indiegogo uh, thing as well because, as we know all too well, you gotta 
you know, in order to make all these things happen, um, it takes money. And, and yeah. um, so we're more than happy to send that out your way as well uh, and get people to help make this happen. So uh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Emma. This Seriously, this is just really great information. Uh, I am I think so excited. We both needed to hear today. <laughs> yeah, I did not I did not expect that we were going to have her on and I was going to be like, "Oh yeah, like uh, let's sign me up." Yeah, nope, sign me up. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm super excited. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. thank you. Um so I think you have any final questions? I don't. Well, that's not true. You guys know I always have a million <laughs> questions. But um Emma, do you have any questions for us? Or any parting words for our listeners? I um, you know, I I think that we should all be kinder to ourselves. Ah, uh, yes. That's really the most important thing, especially if you're dealing with grief. Mm. Like, you need extreme kindness right now and self compassion. And I think that trying to find a self compassion practice is probably the most important thing you can do if you're grieving. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, my question is, do you do have that? And what is your favorite kind of self-compassion? Because mine is meta meditation. It's just like four lines repeated about, you know, may I be happy? May I be whole and healthy? May I love and be loved? And may I live my life with ease? And then offering that to the whole world. So so that's meta, M-E-T-T-A, meditation. If you have other self-compassion ideas i'm always up for those i love this and i also feel like you eavesdrop in my life like how (laughs) (laughs) like what you just said spoke to my soul because i am going through recent grief and i'm have i am starting to hit those speed bumps where i'm like okay all my normal tricks aren't working so what's what's going on you know so yeah yeah grief is exhausting and grief really makes it hard to function at a certain level that we think we should be functioning at so kindness and self-compassion kindness. are the key. Mm-hmm. Are the key. That's really, and, and we get uh, less patient with ourselves as time goes on. We think, oh, that happened you know, six months ago, two years ago, 20 years ago. Right. We should be over it. And uh, so thank you for these big reminders. Love it. That's very um, important. So thank you so much, Emma. And thank you to our listeners for listening in and spending your Wednesday with us. This has been another episode of Out of Grief Comes Art. I hope you guys have a lovely Wednesday and do something artistic today. Have a good one.